The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. The BS Report. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. All-Star Weekend, New York City, taping this Friday morning. Uh, All-Star Games coming up on Sunday. Trade deadline is coming up next week. Zach Lowe, Grantland.com. Uh, we do a podcast like, I don't know, once once every week or two weeks, something. Yeah. Trade deadline coming up. It's a weird one. Not a ton of names floating around. Um, the Denver guys are out there. Brooke Lopez is out there. Anytime there's not a ton of guys floating around and everybody's saying, eh, nothing's probably going to happen, that usually means something's going to happen. Don't you feel like there's like a weird surprise trade coming that we don't know about? Something always happens. Yeah. Uh, I do think that there will be at least one or two names out there that maybe we don't know are out there or haven't been publicized yet. Um, yeah. I think, you know, look, a lot of the deals got done early, right? Like a lot of the big trades, a lot of teams got who they wanted, Jeff Green, those kind of things. So there's some deals that are, it may be a little bit dead, but I think there'll be a couple. I think there'll be a couple names out there. Well, there's a couple of Eastern teams that are kind of to get off the potish. Either do you go for the 7-8 seed, or do you just go the other way? Like do, you, do you enter that invigorating race for the 7th or 8th <laughs> seed, the most exciting <laughs> yeah. race in sports? But on the other hand, if you're the 7th seed, it's like not inconceivable you could beat somebody in round one. It's not like there's a dominant East team, you know? I, the, so, the, Kyle Korver and Al Horford just sat at this table and well, made, and made nice with accepted. Them. If you're the okay, seventh seed, right, I mean, they just left, and you're just if you, just. If you're the seventh seed, you're like, well, I'm not totally afraid of Chicago. I'm not totally. I'm afraid of LeBron. I'm not afraid of Cleveland. I think it, it's more that if you're the seventh seed, you look in the mirror and you see a bad basketball team. And you're like Chicago and Cleveland. They might not be like Cleveland. By the way, I think Cleveland has elevated Cleveland's itself. Cleveland's coming. Clearly. Well, LeBron, but because of LeBron. But Washington's scuffling a little bit. Toronto yeah. scuffled a little bit and has found itself a little bit. Now, I get what you're saying, but like then you look at the teams and it's like, Charlotte? Miami? Now, if Miami got healthy they're the and the white side thing is real, yeah. they're interesting. I We should all be rooting for Miami-Cleveland 2-7. Like, that's not out of play. That's, but Miami could also go the other way. If Wade's hurt for two more weeks, they might say, you know what, this is stupid. Let's let's try to let's go backwards. Let's shut down Wade. Go the other way, get a top ten pick. Well, that's right. They're, they owe their pick top ten protected, so it would have to be in the top ten. And it's not like inconceivable that they could fall that far because it's not. Once you're out of the playoffs, you're not that far from being in the top ten. Well, especially of the draft in the East. Order. Yeah, and so right. Um, it's not, that doesn't strike me as like. Well, it's easy. To, uh, like that's not their culture, right? They don't want to do that. They're out there looking for pieces that could help them. It was reported yesterday they're looking at Jameer Nelson. That's like 100 percent accurate. Like Jameer Nelson is. You know your point guards are bad. I love Jameer <laughs> Nelson. You know your point guards are bad when Jameer Nelson is like the upgrade that you really need. Um, but they, the last time Wade had a serious injury, they did shut him down and they did tank and they got Beasley instead of. Instead of Rose, so that didn't really work out. So they, it's not like well, they're they, averse to it. They drafted the wrong player, though. They had the number two pick, and I think the next two picks were. Wasn't wasn't that Love? Oof. Love was that Mayo? the Love Mayo draft? Yeah, uh, it was the Love and and. Was Harden uh, in that one? Or here's the no, next one. I but think he's in the they next were good one. guys in that draft. They just they rolled the dice with Beasley. They never really wanted the pick. Tearing up the Chinese Basketball Association. I don't know, maybe right they now. were right. Maybe yeah. they'll be proven right well after the fact. Uh, I could see them shutting shutting it down if Wade doesn't get back by, like, the end of February. But I personally think they should go the other way because point guard's the easiest position to go find somebody who's decent, you know? There's a million of them out there. I don't know if Jameer Nelson is the answer, but what if they, like, you know, what if they, like, hey, Ty Lawson's available? Maybe we go out and... You know, you try to go get somebody's good. But their problem is they have nothing to trade, right? I mean, that's they have the thing. That one they, pick. They've, 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 their pick is encumbered. They have no ad. They have no young players other than Whiteside that anyone has any interest in, and they're not going to trade Whiteside. It'd be interesting so. if they trade a Whiteside. Is Whiteside somebody that I need to sneak into part two of the trade value somebody, that I'm not done yet? Somebody, a, a bunch of front office guys have just you know floated it to me in conversation, like shooting the <laughs> conversation, not real. Uh, yeah, they yeah. said, what if they sold high on Whiteside? Like, what if that were the smart move? He's locked up to a minimum contract next it's year. True next year. He yeah. might be like, you know, like, I don't, his personality obviously has been difficult up up until now. Like, maybe he's still the same guy and this is all going to be fool's gold. But it's been almost 30 games of really good center play. Like, I don't think they're going to do that. But, yeah, they have nothing to trade. Like, they'd love to get a good point guard. They have nothing to trade. Well, that was the irony of... Uh... 
Wasn't that from LeBron or Bosch or one of which that 2015 number one they gave up? LeBron. It's a LeBron. It was from it was included in the sign and trade. Again, one of many lessons. Like just ask for stuff and maybe you'll get it. Like the Heat didn't have to. Well, the Heat had some complicated salary stuff to make the big three work, but like the sign and trade was ultimately probably not. But necessary. how much of a salary difference could it have been for LeBron that they were like, oh, it's, if you sign and trade him, then blank? Well, especially since it was primarily about the length of the yeah. contract, and they all opted out right. anyway. Um, yeah, no, it's it's come back to haunt them, and you know we've said before that Minnesota should have kept that pick instead of dealing it for Thad Young. Um, so who I don't even so Philly Philly has, has it now. Yeah, Philly just I saw Sam Hinkie today at the Tech Summit. He's just you know happy as a so pig Philly and could shit. end up with like the twelfth pick in that in the draft next year from Thad Young, who never should have gone for. <laughs> That's what is Minnesota doing? No they one just did it again with Adrian Payne. I didn't like that trade either. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't. I'm sorry, Minnesota people. I didn't like that trade either. I mean, look, you can see their logic, right? Adrian Payne, I think, was the 15th pick. They protected the pick they traded Atlanta, so it can't be any higher than 15th. So if like if you like Adrian Payne, it's like ergo, we cannot possibly lose this trade. But Adrian Payne's about to turn 24, and he was in the D League and like, season, and was was not good in the D League. And when right. you're not good in the D League, like if you're a really good NBA player and you go to the D League you put up insane numbers, uh, especially if you're a big guy. And it's like, you know, let's I'd say, rather have the pick. Let's say I bought, like, a $100,000 Hummer, and, like, I never really drove it, and then a year later I was like, hey, Zach, I'm selling my Hummer. I want $100,000 for it. You'd be like, no. No, I would, first of all, I would never drive a Hummer. you never drive a Hummer. It's just, it's I, just, it's, ir- it's just irresponsible. I mean, it's just irresponsible. You know? It's all hypothetical. But it's just like... There should have been depreciation with Adrian Payne. They should have been like, here's a top 22 protected pick. No, it should have been a second-round pick. Adrian Payne should have netted a second-round pick. I mean, and and it's just for Minnesota, it's a a liquidity issue for them now. They've already traded. They owe one pick to to now Boston. It used to be to Phoenix from the Brandon Wright thing. And now they owe a 17 pick to Atlanta. And it's just like if you want to eventually get something, you got nothing. You got no no stuff to move anymore. And it's just you got to have stuff. You got to have your own stuff. Well, and they also they have a they have to trade Kevin Martin because he came back, and then all of a sudden Wiggins isn't the same, and they you, you just got to get Martin out of there so Wiggins can play. But when your coach is also the GM, there's just a variety of problems that come with that, and it's amazing to me in 2015 anyone would think that's one job. Like uh, we saw the the effects of Doc, yeah. we saw the effects of Flip. Although Flip got salvaged by just the love miracle, which is a miracle. Miracle. Miracle, and we're seeing like Stan. We all love Stan, but like the Josh Smith move catapulted his team. But cap management wise is like a disaster. And, I mean, it's not. It's just bad. It's just an objectively bad move. But you know, it's interesting because I actually agreed with what they did, but how they did it was one of the dumbest things anyone's done. Like just pay him to go home, do <sighs> a game of chicken where you're like, you're not going to play for us anymore. We'll buy you out. Like whatever you need to do, but don't just, don't just. You know, the only flip side. The only flip side to that is like that's not nice, right? I mean, like so, like the rest of the league notices how you treat your players, and so what they did to Josh Smith was give him an opportunity to make his money and go to a team where he's going to be happy. When you say the rest of the league notices, though, but what I does don't that think, really mean. But that's that's the thing. It's like this when the Celtics took care of Jeff Green after his medical condition. The, the thing was like, right. or when the Lakers gave Kobe Bryant a ridiculous extension. You hear this argument like, well, you know, the other superstars in the league, they noticed this, and this has right. institutional value for them. I'm like, okay, I mean, I don't. What, when is that going to pay dividends for me? I don't know. I always feel like people are just going to go to whoever offered them the most money. I mean, that usually wins. That usually wins. You always wins. hear this with TV networks where they're like, well, they don't want to anger the league. Well, the, oh, the, that made the league mad. It's like, guess what? The league's going to sign with whoever offers them the yes. most money because that's how life works. Yeah. Um, Cleveland, since the last time we've talked, they're just becoming more and more interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost ready to eat crow about me mocking the Mozgov trade. I'm like 90% there. It's it's not even just the Mozgov trade. It's the Mozgov Smith Shumper trade, and all those pieces fit right. for them. I mean, suddenly they have more just okay to good NBA players. That and maybe what, what do we do at Dion Waiters Island right now? Dion Waiters, Chris Ryan and I had a conversation about Dion Waiters Island last night at the Grantland uh, Live event. He says that he is sticking on 
Dion Waiters Island, even if we bail, that he's going to be like the crazy. I never watched Lost. So he made just some the three Lost of us? metaphor. Uh, no, I'm all, I'm building the lifeboat. I'm I'm off. You're off. I'm building. Oh, the, no. I'm building the. I'm in the process of constructing a lifeboat off Dion Waiters Island. You're trying to measure the size of the waves. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like Castaway. It's like I don't know if the waves are. I never really got that in Castaway. Like the waves were so big that his raft wouldn't work, and there was there like was a whole big thirty wave. minute segment about that that I never really. I needed an oceanographer to like explain why that was. I also would have just stayed on the island. It was nice and peaceful there. That was the best moment of Castaway. Castaway, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Underrated. Me too. There's I a love moment Castaway. where he he finally gets over the wave, <clears throat> and he looks back at the island, and he has like almost like a nostalgic, respectful yeah. look in his eye, where he like respects and understands the island, and they had this time together, and it like it was a real moment. I liked it. This you is know, not about the NBA anymore. We're talking about. Tom Hanks movies. Well, I love Castaway. I've watched it a million times. And um, I, I just don't understand the whole part when he goes to Helen Hunt's house. After he, come, after he gets Helen up Hunt's the island. Helen Hunt's his wife, right? Who's well, like his who's fiance. Remarried. She remarried. Now he's back in town. If I'm Helen Hunt's husband, I'm like, I'm watching out for this guy. Well, this guy's going to make a move at some point. Goes to her house in the pouring rain. Rings the doorbell. The husband doesn't wake up. And then she's out. She's running out in the way, rain. They're making out in the car. Do they kiss in the car? Yeah. I, don't they look at her scrapbook, they kiss too? Her, yeah, don't they they're look looking at the scrapbook. She's like, here, take the car. Here's like, my scrapbook I made about how you, were, how you were missing. Where's the husband all this? That always upsets me. That's I love confidence. Castaway. That's confidence. If you're that husband, you just got, you know. It's, it's the confidence of watching your wife make out with her well, ex-fiance. But then he leaves. Then he leaves. Then he leaves, and they end at the crossroads. That's right. It ends with him at like you know he delivers the package to the to the lady with the, the woman thing who the lives in the middle of three dirt roads in Texas. When I saw that in the theater, I had no idea he was looking at all different roads, and he turned around and, and he decides on the road where the car was. He's going to go back to see the girl. I yeah, I remember in the that theater, was the point. I was like, what just happened? Where he's anyway. Speaking of crossroads, yeah, how about that segue. Yeah. Uh, the Celtics. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't think the Celtics were going to come up at all. They're definitely coming up. I think they're a trade value intriguing team. I mean, I'm sorry, a trade deadline intriguing. Absolutely. They're one of those teams like, you know, I, I think they're always, Danny is the most fascinating GM in the league to me. He's always just about, can I turn whatever asset it takes me to get another asset if that asset is worth less than the asset I'm getting, I'm doing the trade. I don't care if it makes sense. I don't care about big picture, small picture, 10 years, one year. I'm getting a better asset than the one I gave up. I'm doing it. And that's just how they think. They're sniffing. They're sniffing around. We, I can't really, sniffing. we can't really say what they're sniffing around about, but they're sniffing around some interesting stuff. I don't know if it gets done, um, you know, if anything gets done. And they're in the weird space also. It's like... If we put some of our chips, not all of our chips, they're not doing like an all chips in deal, but if we put some chips in and get like a pretty good chip, are we going to get the eighth seed? Do we want to get the eighth seed? Would we rather wait until the summer to make that kind of move? Because we just want, beat we Atlanta want... two nights ago. Yeah, your boy Evan Turner. <laughs> He's like sneaky good in the last 20 seconds of games. He can get, a, he, he can Evan get into Turner, the paint and get a shot. He can get a mid-range jump shot off whenever he wants, for better or worse. Marcus is coming on. Marcus Smart's going to be, well, he's an interesting prospect. I really like Marcus Smart. Um, the guy who's the big winner is Stevens. Like, there's now Stevens buzz. Oh, yeah. I think people are now starting to think they traded their two best players on the team and have not really gotten worse. And I think people are now going, wow, like, Tayshawn Prince was a corpse in Memphis, and now on this team he's... He is trolling Hollinger. Every time <laughs> oh Tayshawn Prince hits a corner three, I email Hollinger, and it just says Tayshawn Prince hit another corner three. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the whole email. They, they have, they're trolling a bunch of teams. How about anyone who had Evan Turner on their team at any point in his career? Evan Turner doesn't make a lot of money. You know, That was like a smart, like, okay, if this is all it takes to get Evan Turner... Former number two pick has some stuff that he does that's kind of interesting. Like, let's just get him. They're good. They play. I mean, you just had the Hawks in here, and you were asking Corver and Horford, like, do you feel that spreading the floor and ball movement and stuff is like a trend that more teams are trying to play like you? Yeah. And the Spurs and you know, Corver gave a great answer about how Tibbs' defense kind of changed the league, and he's completely right. But like the Celtics play that way too. They just yep. play it like they just don't have as like. 
quality players that these other teams have, but they spread you out, they move the ball, they play like good basketball considering the, the talent pa- level. The pace and space era. Yeah, it really we got, is. like eight teams playing with pace and space. The funny thing about the Celtics is they're constructed for everyone to just gun threes if they're open. Yeah. But it's usually people like Jared Sollinger and Evan Turner. It's like people who, like once they get the right players... Launching right. those threes, I think the team's going to take off. I don't know who the right players are. Though. I don't know. It, uh, it will be interesting to see how many of these players are on the Celtics in three years. Like, how many do they decide are, like, these are the right players? Might just be Smart. Smart literally smart. might be the only guy in the I think the they really right like Olenek. Yeah. I think they think Olenek is a future major piece for them. Which is amazing. They like Olenek. That's one that they like Olenek more than the league likes Olenek. The Celtics are normally like not one of the teams that's irrationally positive about their own players. They're normally that's, like that's about Tommy Heinsohn. About well, yeah, Tommy yeah. Heinsohn. Tommy Heinsohn is, is yeah. the irrational. He walked. Ah, Olenek reminds me of Dirk Nowitzki. Well, well, you know Jeff Green. The Jeff Green. I think that was Heinsohn, right? The Jeff Green James Worthy comparison. That might have been Scalabrini. It, it was also my dad. <sighs> My dad came home from one game and was like, you know, Jeff Green sometimes reminds me of James Worthy. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I think that, you need uh, to up your meds. I don't, I, I, someone is going to have to tweet at me which, whether it was Heinsohn or Scalabrini that said that. But that was like a flashbulb. both. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee has become a little interesting. Yeah. The Giannis thing I did not expect. I thought at some point in the next five years, Giannis would start becoming kind of this guy that we'd all have to start seriously talking about. And now it's kind of happening. And I don't know what their ceiling is either. I think they're a dangerous 5-6 seed, potentially. <laughs> they're just deep. They they're, play well together. I, don't, I wouldn't be excited to play them if I were like the Wizards. I wouldn't or either. The Raptors. I mean, I wouldn't, I, we'd, that team will probably beat them, but I wouldn't be super pumped to play the Bucks. I feel like Toronto, Washington, Milwaukee, I don't know. They're, they're all, like, if they're in a playoff series and it's a game six, I wouldn't be surprised who was up 3-2, you know? I'm not quite there with you, but I would, like, Milwaukee's good. Milwaukee's legitimately good. I don't feel like Toronto and Washington, from a talent standpoint, are crazy better than Milwaukee, you know? Like, I like the way Toronto plays. I like the way Washington plays. I don't feel like it's, it's not like last year when the Pacers played Atlanta. And you're just like, this doesn't make sense. The Pacers have more talent than Atlanta. I don't understand this. That was a ma- yeah, that was a matchup thing, too. It's yeah. like if you just get the wrong matchup, you know, Roy Hibbert can't chase around those guys. But Toronto, it's another interesting trade deadline team. Toronto, you've mentioned them before. They got a lot of cards to play. They got their pick. They I got- don't think Atlanta should, move, should make a move. I, don't, I wouldn't mess their team up. Toronto should make a move. I think Toronto is in that place now. I mean, I'm going to write all about this before I disappear for a while, but Toronto is like, I think Toronto is looking at stuff. And they should. The interesting thing about them, well, they have their own pick and they have all the expirings. What's happening with Terrence Ross is interesting. Like, Terrence Ross has come off the bench for the last month, not really playing well, not developing the way that they had hoped. And I don't, it, obviously his trade value is all-time low, but, like, he's an interesting piece. Like, some teams like him. He's one of those... Like, we just did the Oscars thing, and we did a segment called, Are We Sure He's Good? Terrence Ross, to me, is one of those, Are We Sure He's Good? He had the one giant game. But man, we've had some random 50-point games. Um, I know. Remember, like, Willie Burton and Tony Dirt and oh, Delp were the, the two go-to examples. Yeah. We had, like, three crazy ones. Corey Brewer, Mo Corey Williams. Corey Brewer, Mo Williams, and Terrence Ross. Yeah. No, I think Terrence Ross, they're maybe starting to worry about a little bit. Is like, you know. I would hope so. Yeah. But I mean, they could upgrade him with an expiring. Well, that's the interesting thing. Really good. That's the interesting thing is we've talked all all year about you know do they need to upgrade their power forward spot? I would actually go out and get a wing if I were Me them. I, I think their power forward spot, Amir Johnson, <clears throat> Pat Patterson. I like not, that spot. Not spectacular, but like I don't like who are you getting that's changing your world? Whereas like if you got an okay wing, yeah, that changes your world a little bit. They rely too much on James Johnson, who you I who I like. Can't rely too much on James. Can't Johnson. rely too much on James. From a Johnson. neutral perspective, I want yeah. more James Johnson. You want more James? Just Johnson. from a new, from an entertainment perspective, yeah. he's a cra- he's crazy. He does crazy things. He might dunk on four people in one game. He might throw the ball in the stands. He might get ejected. You don't know what's going to happen. The other team, so Denver is just going to. I think that Denver GM is going to just grab as many picks as possible for his players because that will save his job for the next three years. Because that's a strategy I like to call the hinky. Ooh. All due respect to Sam Hickey. I think he did he a great a, job. It is a good job security. But when measure. you grab picks and guys in Europe 
and guys who are injured for the year, you're not getting fired because there's no way to judge what you did. And if I'm Denver, I'm just selling off all those dudes for picks and future dudes and be like, hey, you know, you can't, uh, 2018, you get, don't judge us till then. That's uh, great. I have a job now until 2018. The only thing is, you really got to know that the owners are going to back you. And, right. and you get the Cronkies, an the Cronkies have been all about staying competitive. Yeah. And, you know, the Philly owners were all like, the, you know, the private equity guys like, oh, yes, let's take an asset-based approach to this. Tear it down and maximize our championship <laughs> odds, Sam. Do whatever you want. Like, I don't know if the Cronkies are, are going there. But they, that's what they should do, really. I mean, that's that team's going do. nowhere. Get whatever well, you want. Well, and also, the pieces don't fit. They have individual pieces that I like, and together they're just a mess. And that's when you know you need to make a trade. It's almost like an old-school NBA team from, like, the early 2000s where just a bunch of guys that you like but not together. And you know? The, you know, the coach and the roster don't quite make sense. It's a bad, it's a bad situation there. The guy I would go after is Fareed. Like, I think he, like, in August, this guy was on the U.S. team. Everybody was going but nuts see, but about we him. But we warned, I warned everybody. Don't, you can't read into, he's getting offensive rebounds over, like, Finnish dudes who are 6'7 and can't jump. No, and I, everyone's like, look at Kenneth Fareed. But in the practices, he was making a big impact, too. He was. I'm just saying, like, he was there, and now it's like, hey, fire sale, Denver, now he's here. Like, if the Celtics gave up a first-round pick for him, not the one they have, but, like, one of these future ones, the one of the 23 first-rounders, and yeah. Sollinger, yeah. that's a good trade. You like, So you think, in a vacuum, Kenneth Fareed is a better, like he's a better basketball player than Jared Sollinger? Yes. I think... I don't see... I don't think that's... I don't, I'm not sure about that. Well, here's You're why, sure? Here's why I like Fareed more. I've seen guys with his skill set impact big playoff games. Like, if you just think about a playoff team, it's like, well, where would he fit in on a playoff team? Okay, 25 minutes a game, killer rebounder, doing Fareed energy things. Like, that's a guy who's in my top seven if I have a team that makes the finals. I don't know if Sollinger's in my top seven on a, on a, on a contender. Interesting. I wonder if he's a good stats, bad team guy. His defense this year has, has stagnated slash gotten worse, and that worries me. Because and it he, wasn't good last year. And he, yeah, because he needs to bring the effort level to survive on defense, given his limitations. He's kind of like, you know, we've seen these guys. He's kind of an oddity, right? He's a weird matchup. There's some games where you just can't play him. There are other games where all of a sudden he looks good because the other team just can't figure out how to match up with him. He's crashing the offensive boards. But it's hard for me to imagine him in a Final Four in the NBA where he's like, oh, there's Jared. Like, would he have played for the Spurs last year, you know? Yeah, I think you would have. Over, over D.O.? Well, the Spurs are really good. Well, that's I mean, what I mean. Like, but that's like the cut. Like, he's in that D.O. spot, but he's no, the he's worst version of D.O. Yeah. Can't pass I'd rather like have, Dio. like, the Dio, and Dio does so many... I don't know, I just don't see it. So anyway, I like Fareed. Lawson, I think, needs a change of scenery more than anybody. I just needs a new team. Reggie Jackson is an interesting guy out there. All of these names could potentially be connected in many two, three team trades, you know? Reddick slash Crawford? I think could be out there. I mean, it's a for Clippers. G&D. The Clippers have like four good players left on their whole team that are right. healthy. I mean, I don't know if the, they they better get another one if they're trading one of those guys. I think I think Balmer has like disabled Doc's whatever the Microsoft phone is that they all have to use. I think Balmer like just hit disable on the Doc's like I can't call anybody. I can't yeah. text. It's not working. My phone, my office doesn't work. Balmer, Balmer's another. Are we sure he's a good guy? I have no idea. Seems like a nice, jolly fellow. I don't know. Not sure he should be owning a team. Uh, who should own a team? I mean, like, you know, he's not... Bomber buys the Clippers. Doc's like, I want complete control of everything. Bomber's like, great! Sounds awesome. Uh, That's always... So- hire well, some business person that, like, has no experience within the league. Like, they don't really have a person. People around the league are like, uh... <laughs> you know, it's like, who is there, like... NBA. Yeah, Dave Wool is the guy like making and taking calls, but you know he has to answer to Doc, and it's right. like if the guy making and taking calls has to let me let me run this by Doc, and let me run this by Doc, Doc, and then come back. Doc wants X, Y, and Z. It, it gets a little unwieldy. Do you, is David Lee on the Warriors in two weeks? I will say yes, I, not definitively. I think, he is too. I, think I think they just say screw it. We'll we'll go ninety five million next year. We have a chance to win the title. We're not screwing this up. I think it's only like a 60 to 65% chance, though, but I'll say yes. 
it would almost like he's tradable this summer. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like they don't have to trade him now. They can make the run now and then try to figure out. Yeah, he's an expiring next year. Yeah, and they're. I mean, they're. I don't care what they say publicly. They do not want to pay the bill that they're going to have to pay next year if all of these guys are on the team and Draymond is resigned for a lot of money. They don't. They don't want to do that. That's that's. I, I don't even know if they're willing to do it. But no matter what they say publicly, I have an unpopular opinion. It's exciting. Jacoby loves unpopular opinions. Way too much Ray Allen talk for what I watched last year from Ray Allen. This is being covered like, you know, like Michael Jordan's might come back. Um, minute by minute. Way too much Kevin Garnett talk. Obviously, nobody's watched the Nets game this year. I mean, he might affect, could he be better than Festus Azili? I guess. Well, I mean, Here's the guy, here's my unpopular opinion. I think Amari could have a dramatic impact on the playoff race. Dramatic impact. Dramatic. I think he could be a guy that comes off the bench for seven-minute stretches once a half for a playoff team, and actually, like, you could run plays through him and stuff will happen. I think of all these guys people are talking about with bio guys, Amari is the one that intrigues me the most. That's my unpopular opinion. I am not intrigued by Amari But that's why I knew it was going to be unpopular. <laughs> he can, look, look, you can <laughs> throw the ball to Amari Sotomayor and he can get you buckets. He'll also get you turnovers and fumble the ball out of bounds. I'm, I, I don't care about that. Okay. I care you about care the part about the where, buckets. yeah, he's getting me buckets potentially. He's also... KG's just going to stand there and do KG stuff and he, he's done. But you're also playing... Ray Allen's probably done. You're also playing four on five with Amari on the other end. It's like... But if you put him in a really well-coached team that knows how to help and kind of whatever, and you're just like, Amari. So you're saying the Knicks are not, are Knicks not, are not that, that team. team. Not that team. Not that team. And I'm not sure the Mavericks are either. Mavericks are a well-coached team that knows how to help. They just no, don't. no, I just don't think they have the players oh, that yeah. could pick up for him. All right, but throw him on the Warriors. It's kind of interesting. But he doesn't play the way they play, right? I mean, like, you need to, th- you don't throw the ball to David Lee and say, okay, back down, back down. Like, David Lee's at the elbow, keeping things moving. Like, Amari can't do that. Amari's like, you're getting him just to throw him the ball. And Sean Livingston and Barbosa and whoever else on the floor just kind of stands there. That's not the way they play. I don't see it. So there's no team you like Amari for? This is a really unpopular opinion. I knew you wouldn't like it. <laughs> I just don't, I don't, I would not. How about I mean, Atlanta? Dallas just needs bodies. That's the one, that's <laughs> why it makes it. Dallas needs people who aren't Charlie Villanueva. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Sorry, Charlie. Uh, they need bodies who are like taller than 6'7". And so that makes some sense. I just wouldn't, I, this is an unpopular opinion. I just really wouldn't want Amari Sotomayor on my team. Really? For the is minimum, the red wine for bats? the minimum, I'm fine with that. I mean, I just like for the minimum or something next year, like a million and a half or two million, maybe. But he just, I just wouldn't really be excited to have him on my team. I think there are some Nick fans out there who disagree with you. Did they stop watching basketball three years? No, ago? I think they watch the Knicks sometimes, and they think, "Wow, American still get baskets here." For our, for our team, that's nine and forty or whatever right. they are. Right. That's why this is a very unpopular opinion. <laughs> Here's another unpopular opinion. I would totally roll the dice with Jose Calderon. I don't care that he's atrocious defensively. Even he's having a terrible year this year, he's shooting like 45% from three. He's getting a little frisky lately. Yeah. Um, Seven million a year next year and the year after? Okay. The cap's going to be like 120 million. Like, that guy can come off the bench for a playoff team and run an offense for 50 minutes a game and stand here and make shots. And, like, we think about Derek Fisher played what, 30 minutes a game in the playoffs last year? Is he better than Derek Fisher was last year? Yes. Yeah. Almost everyone in the NBA is better than Derek Fisher was last year. Jose Calderon's like, that's interesting. What, what team could use him, though? That's the thing. Like, these point guards, there are so many point guards. Like, who's the team that's like, Detroit could use him, I guess, now that, that Jennings Detroit is hurt. Him. But, and they have know. some experience. Yeah, they do. Um, they do. It's funny. I was actually, this is weird, but I was thinking Toronto. Yeah, Vasquez, Lowry, you're pretty good. It's fine. Lou Williams is kind of a point guard. You don't care. Just throw well, them just all out Well, just they have there. expirings, and the Knicks want to get rid of Calderon, you know? Jose comes back to Canada. Feel-good story. I, this is going to hurt, but the other team I was thinking, this is going to hurt. Just brace yourself. Okay. Washington. I think yeah. it might be over for the professor. I'm, I was talking. I know you're in mourning. I know it's like you've been going to the hospital every day. You've been... Reading books at his bedside, but I think it's I think it's over. <laughs> I was, it's it has not been easy for me to watch Garrett Temple 
supersede him. I will say this, though. George Carl is now the coach of the Sacramento Kings. Ty Corbin doesn't have to walk around pretending to coach the team anymore. Right. George Carl loves Andre Miller. Oh, Loves Andre Miller. Uh, Ramon Sessions stinks. Ray McCallum, well, stinks is, that's mean. Ray, they're not good. Even Darren Collison is injured, is like, okay. Like, I, just, I, could, I could see George Carl making a call. Like, we need, and you know how George is, like, we, need, we have to have Andre Miller. Have to have him. Right. The George Carl Vivek personnel discussions are going to be just disaster. unbelievable. I feel like the same about Ramon Sessions as I do about Lynn. They have one specific skill, which is that they get to the rim. They have no, really no other skills that are above average, but they have that skill. So it all depends on what team they're on. If there's a team that emphasizes actually just point guards that try to get to the rim, he's valuable. If he's playing for Ty Corbin on a team that's posting up Boogie Cousins, it's a disaster. You know? So I, I still feel like, I don't know, I, I'm not giving up on Linsanity. That's another unpopular thing. I saw Howard Beck reported that Houston would be interested in bringing him back as a what free agent. What is it with Darrow always wants to get back together with and like Howard, he traded? He's like the guy who broke up with girlfriends and stays in touch with them on Facebook. Howard Beck doesn't report wrong stuff, but like no. I read that and I was like, why? I mean, I, what is Jeremy Lin? I don't, I don't, Jeremy Lin's not exciting. Jeremy Lin's just kind of gone like this. Like just a slow, steady, Laker-infested decline. I, what are you paying for? You're paying Jeremy Lin? Last year the deal. But, like, next year, what are you paying him? He's a free agent. Oh, he's three million a year. Yeah, I mean, if you can get him for that, that's fine. But, like, you don't plan your whole life around, like, I got to get Jeremy Lin for three million. Washington needs to do something about the professor. That's a problem. I think Calderon makes a lot of sense for that team. They're looking around. Washington's looking around. Yeah. Sacramento? Well, I mean, you just never know. Never know what they're going to do. They could do anything. They're a threat to do anything. They could. They might sign Michael Beasley out of China. You never know. <laughs> they are they. If we did the joke around the league franchise, they're the they're the MVP right now, right? I feel like they passed the Knicks. Although the Knicks have been pretty good, like the Phil Jackson stories have been pretty funny. I get in trouble with people when I say when I designate people as the joke. I get I get. Well, I'll person. do it, and you just... Sacramento like, right now is probably the team that everyone looks at. It's most, like, yeah, it's the most... Just like, what are they doing? Yeah, they're uh, the what-are-they-doing team. Yeah. Jacoby likes this discussion. The Knicks are kind of like... like anything that gets me in trouble, yeah, you will, you will yeah. like. But the Knicks are like... Nobody even asks what they're doing anymore because they're the Knicks. It's almost like you wouldn't say, what is Justin Bieber doing? You're just like, he's Justin Bieber. <laughs> is it gotten that bad for Biebs? Is it, is that, it's is gotten that, that bad for Biebs. It's gotten that bad for the Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks just kind of exist over here now. Like, they're just crazy. Yeah, they're we like, started. no chance. That yeah. With that owner, it's never going to happen. Yeah. The Phil thing's ridiculous. Everything about them's ridiculous. Everything, every plan they have is leaked to the media two months ahead of time. Can like I this just... This Carmelo thing. Like, what is James Dolan... Why is his go-to response to any criticism... Like, I get, like, we all get criticized, and sometimes you get, like, get bent out of shape about it, but, like, it would never strike me to, to say to someone, oh, you must be an alcoholic. Why is that his go-to response? Like, you must be an alcoholic. You must be an He used to be an alcoholic, and he's said that. He's like, I'm 21 years sober. You should try it. But, like, that's weird to just go immediately, like, second sentence, you're an alcoholic. It's a weird one. But not even one of the 30 weirdest things he's done. It hasn't worked out for James Dolan in New York. Some people just shouldn't own a basketball team. I mean, Dan Gilbert hasn't really, like, he, he, he pulled off the LeBron thing. Did you see the Dan Gilbert story the yesterday? The Dan Gilbert Yahoo thing was really weird. Trying to get Kelly Dwyer fired. Kelly Dwyer is, like, a really good basketball writer who's been doing this for, for calling, for making a joke that their arena should be called Predatory Lawn Arena or something like that. Well, I thought they got the column killed. Wasn't they got the column killed, but then the yeah. backstory was they had a whole, like, they had Yahoo's legal team call. Uh, they called uh, the Cavaliers' legal team called Yahoo's legal team, and they had this whole thing where they were like having discussions about getting Kelly Dwyer fired. And the editorial people were like, "What crazy world are we living in when someone yeah. would get lose their livelihood over this? Like, how crazy do you have to be yeah. to like go after someone that aggressively? Like, I'm gonna get you fired from your job and ruin your life." Because you made a joke about my predatory lending company, which is a predatory lender. <laughs> uh oh. That's now cr- we're gonna get fired. That's crazy. <laughs> Dude, like you gotta be a little bit crazy. Yeah. Well, when you're probably the richest American 
right now or the most wealthiest. He's up there. Maybe he just feels like he could do whatever he wants. I don't get it. Uh, so Sacramento, can you just humor me for like 30 seconds? Of course. Um, which one's my camera, that one? Just Sacramento fans, just humor me. I'm a pathetic Celtic fan. We haven't won the title for seven years. What would it take to get Boogie Cousins, just out of curiosity? I will say this. <laughs> I will say this. I don't think that's a ridiculous question. Okay, good. I'm glad I asked it. I think teams around the league are asking themselves that question I right now. I think people have had meetings around. The, I think, I, hey, 930, we're having the, if in case Boogie becomes available, what are we going to offer conversation? That meeting is, is happening around the league. Good young player, minimum two first-round picks. Minimum. Plus whatever else. So Sellinger, our lottery pick right now, <laughs> and a Brooklyn pick. I don't think it's getting it done. You might have to throw in a third. A third pick. I'm giving my lottery pick and the Brooklyn pick? I mean, it's DeMarcus Cousins on a contract that it looks unbelievable already. And is going to just look more unbelievable over the length of the contract. But I don't think, like, I think teams look at them and look at what's happened to Cousins since Malone got fired. I think there are teams having discussions on it. I don't think Sacramento's taking calls on it or anything, but I think a, I think a smart, proactive team would call them and say, here's a godfather offer for DeMarcus Cousins. He can sabotage his way out of there if he wants. It'll be a question of, I had him on the podcast yesterday, he's clearly upset about stuff. 50% but, of his career has been sabotaging. But, I mean, he could really be like, I don't want to be here. This, there's been... I had him yesterday on the podcast. He listed all the coaches and podcasts. We, I was like, you played for five coaches. How many point guards? And he's like, well, Aaron Brooks. Like, he, he literally couldn't remember all the point guards he said <laughs> that started for the team. He said, like, five coaches and seven point guards. At some point, it's time to go. So I, I feel like either they do right by him the rest of the season with George Carl and whatever, you know, he could probably get out of there. And a lot of teams would want him. And I like him. I think if he's happy, I think he's top ten. If he's he, happy. He's only been happy for, like, a brief stretch. Of, we saw it this year. That's what, but, but, like, you're happy to cranky, miserable, not trying on defense ratio is not good. But I agree with you. Like, I would buy, I would absolutely take a chance. He is unguardable. Like, he is, you cannot guard him one-on-one. And if he posts up all the time, like, you should have a really good offense. And he's become a good defensive player. Like, you should, you should try and get him. Here's a good way to think about it. NBA pickup game. They're just all on the sidelines. Waiting to come. Jacoby got excited. Um, they're just all on the sidelines. He's picked in the first 10 or 11 picks. Sure. I think so. I think him and Gasol are the two. Like, one, one side takes Gasol, and the other side takes Boogie. And the other side takes Boogie because the other side took Gasol first. Could be. But it's like, oh, they took Gasol. I got, I got so Boogie. So is, is Dwight Howard just waiting? Dwight's out. Dwight's out of the conversation. <laughs> We killed him in the trade value special, which we missed you on. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, he's in a different phase of his career now. It's year 11. Having trouble staying on the court. His stats aren't the same. Like, stuff happens. These centers do not age well. Yeah. You know? He was 22 and 14 five years ago, four years ago. 22 and 14, and, three blocks. And he has knee issues now. And his knee issues. We don't quite know when exactly he's Shoulder issues. Back. Yeah. Back issues. He's got 900 games in his odometer. Well, I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. It's like the, it the timetable on this Houston team, I wrote about it early in the season. Like, the timetable is not as, may not be as long. The timetable on Howard Harden, anyway, may not be as long, or the window may not be open as long as they had hoped. Harden, obviously, is going to be there a long time and has been Harden's just absolutely insane. This Out of year. control. Just unbelievable. Would you be. Would you be dumbfounded if Dwight wasn't on the Rockets in two weeks? I would be dumb. Yeah, I would be dumbfounded. Would you be dumbfounded if he wasn't on the Rockets in July? I think no. I mean, dumbfounded is strong. I'd be surprised, but like, I'm. It wouldn't be like that was unthinkable. You know? I feel like Daryl would trade his kids. He's just gonna get. He wants to win the title. Daryl's here with his he, kids. If he, one of oh, his kids, they would they trade one to, of them right now. They if went they, to they fashion week. Win the title, but if. If he felt like, if he sniffed it out with his weird little dork Elvis antenna and was just like, Dwight's on the way down, we ran these metrics, it's, he's going to be here in a year and I don't want to be there in a year with him, I'm, I'm cutting bait. He'll do it. He no question. Care. 
He does. We know he doesn't care. He put Jeremy Lin's number on Carmelo Anthony, and it became a national story. Like, does, how does Jeremy Lin feel about that? Sad. I feel kind of sad. Hurt my feelings a little bit. Dark Alvis has feuded or hurt like nine people's feelings over the last year. A lot of feelings. A lot of feelings. He's like the notorious B.I.G. of of <laughs> of, uh, of the NBA. Um, do we want to talk about the advanced metrics thing quickly? Oh God, Barkley. It was weird. I enjoyed 40% of it. I thought it was super entertaining. And I liked, like, they were having fun with it. It's just when you make your point about how analytics don't win championships, but th- two of the last four teams won championships partly because of analytics. Like, that kind of hurts your argument. Well, it's just, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. I mean, like, when you say what analytics do the Spurs have, <laughs> the answer is, like, the second largest analytics department in the NBA, probably, behind yeah. Houston. His general point of, like, you know... Uh, like you can have all the analytics you want if you don't have one or two of the top ten players you're not going to win the championship it's like but but it's like no crap like no one there has been zero people who have said like I can win a title just with analytics I don't need talent my analytics can unearth 20 gems and we can win a title with like you know Joe Schmo no one has ever said that it's like a total straw man argument that he's taking down like Daryl Morey king of analytics has been saying for three or four years Everything we're doing is trying to get a superstar. Like yes. we do, we know we need a superstar. So it's just like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, it's, then he's like, "Well, if you get James Harden, it's like, yeah, well, they got James Harden because he picked up all these assets because he's really smart, and then he packaged those. They used the analytics to get all the assets they used for the James Harden trade. Yeah. So it's not like it was like, hey, we stumbled into James Harden. It was like, yeah, there were a series of decisions led to that. And, and first of all, I wish the word analytics had never been invented because it's just it, like analytics is, should just be called like being smart, like measuring stuff and being call smart. Call it information because like it's just it's just information. Like analytics is salary analysis, it's yeah. projections of players, it's valuing draft picks versus players, and thinking Kyle Lowry is really good, but this draft pick we're going to get for him is going to be more valuable in our quest to get a superstar yeah. than Kyle Lowry is. It's also looking at James Harden and being one of the teams that realized how good James Harden was. Even when he was coming off the bench and some of his numbers weren't, like, unbelievable in terms of, like, total numbers, there were some teams who didn't think James Harden was this good. And the Rockets were, like, all in on, this is a superstar, we should get him. So it's, uh, I don't even know, I, I can't address what Charles Barkley said. You know when I knew James Harden was good? When he destroyed the Spurs in that playoff game. When they literally couldn't guard him in one of the biggest games of the season. And he was, like, 22 at the time. It all, That's when I knew he was good. Somehow it always comes back to James Harden. No matter oh, what, every conversation, the conversation ends at James Harden. Well, Westbrook wouldn't wouldn't do the BS report yesterday because he he claimed I had something like he that I wasn't fair with him the last year or something. I thought first of all, Grantland's the most Westbrook we friendly love Russell Westbrook. Fl- I've been a site ever. Yeah, um, we love Westbrook to the point where we wonder sometimes if we've been too pro Westbrook. But I think it was really he was just mad about bringing up the Harden trade all the time. I think those guys are just mad in general. There's a weird vibe with that team. I said to Chris Ryan, they remind me of guys like that last year of college when you're tired of everybody at college. And you've just like, you've been in the same bars and you're just like, all right, I'm I'm ready to move on. They're in like year seven of that in Oklahoma City, it feels like. I think they're tired of the reporters. They're tired of being there. They're tired of being the only show in town. Dude, the reporters, though, are so, it's so funny. They're like, they have the most Homer media outside of San Antonio, except once in a, like once a year, Barry Trammell will write something crazy, like Kevin Durant's Mr. Unreliable, or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Russell Westbrook hates the fans, like, yeah. so there's, like, everything is, like, puff, 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 and then, like, bam, big shot comes out. It's a very sensitive organization. I'm not going to comment on that. I know you can't. They're very, they're very sensitive. That's why I'm they're a little, sen- they're a little sensitive. I mean, they're all, they're a little sensitive. Exactly. I'm not going to comment on that. They're very sensitive. <laughs> they're a little sensitive. <laughs> a little sensitive. I think, you know, when you when you have when you had three of the best six players in the league on your team three years ago, but three, now of, you only three have two. of six is high. Three of six. Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. Those <sighs> aren't three of the six best players in the league right now. Yeah. I mean, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Well, I guess we can start going through, but I mean, LeBron, Anthony some, Davis, you know, there have been some really Steph Curry, and Steph then those three Curry. guys are the best six players in the league. Unless you want to throw Chris Paul in there, and I'm not, I, yeah, I don't want to talk Chris Paul. No, Mark I, Gasol. I think he's like right underneath it. I think Gasol's right underneath it. Like James Harden 
can take a team that should go 28 and 54 and win 50 games with it. Like, you look around in that Houston team, and it's like, eh. Well, that was the Houston team before they got Dwight. The Houston yeah, but I'm team, saying right now, yeah. this team without Dwight, he's winning 70% of his games Well, the way he's Dwight. playing now is just unbelievable. I think, I think right now he has surpassed Anthony Davis in my MVP rankings. I think, I think he's, I think right now... Did James you announce Hart, this publicly yet? Is this, did you, did you unveil this? I am now unveiling this. Wow. But it's, it's, now, no, it's the day before Valentine's He was day. my MVP all season. It's never wavered. When they went like seventeen and four in the beginning with a pretty tough schedule too, I just felt like he does the most for his team, which is the MVP, right? Like he's their whole offense revolves around him. He must be I will say this for him, he must be in insane shape this year because Insane. I agree. The way he played defense last year, and you'll see it a couple of times in games now. And you'll always see it when he's been on the court for like 15 consecutive minutes carrying their entire offense. He'll take a, a, a defensive possession off. And that's how he played all of last year when he, had, I think he admitted he wasn't in a, the best possible shape he could be in. He must be in just you know how I insane tell, shape. I can tell he wasn't in shape last year when he was bent over with, on his knees in, the play, in playoff games. <laughs> it was like old guy in the pickup games. Like, Come on, James. But what he's this doing. year, he's, like, playing defense, and he's, like, flying around. He looks in great shape. Yeah. You know, the lesson is you should be in good shape when you're making $60 million a year and you're one of the best 10 players in the league. I it, think we it, learned it, that. It's helpful. It's helpful. I love watching him, though. We're wrapping up. Zach Lowe. Um, one more piece next week? One more piece next week. Trade deadline primer. Trade deadline primer? Yeah. Something like that. Is Brooke Lopez in it? Yeah, sure. He'll be involved. Everyone should have traded for him a month ago. Maybe. It's Okay. But that's yeah. That's He's a better asset now than it was a month ago. Yeah, he is. These teams overthink stuff. Just get your Brook Lopez. He gets double teamed if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, insurance pays eighty percent of his contract. It's not rocket science. Okay. I like Brook Lopez. Yeah. I think he's a dark horse Portland candidate. Portland's going to do something because Chris came and fell off a cliff. Chris came. The Chris Kamen thing was fun for about six weeks. I was like, oh yeah, he's Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen looks like he's been camping out under the cliff for like two weeks straight. Without bathing. Uh, no. He's like Reese Witherspoon in Wild. I didn't see that one. Didn't, that one didn't grab me. Previews for that, I wasn't interested. Have you ever liked Reese Witherspoon at any point in your life? Of course. I would see Wild. It's old school Reese. It's gritty Reese. Okay. I liked Reese. I don't understand why Julianne Moore, they're just giving her the Oscar. I thought Reese was great. Is the movie good, though? I'm not interested in seeing her hike. She hikes across California Wild's or something? Wild's really good. Okay. Yeah, I liked Wild. All right. Uh, BS Report, All-Star Weekend. Let's more castaway talk. It's yeah, another sure. Point. I'm ready to have a bigger conversation about that. Uh, coming back a little bit later with more stuff. Stay tuned. All Star Weekend. An old BS Report friend. The first BS Report guest ever, Mark Stein. It's gonna be on my tombstone. It's definitely like at least fifth sentence of the obituary. May 2007. It's been all downhill since there, but I'm honored. Nice, I've right? always want. Every time I see the Grantland Basketball Hour, I wonder, am I ever going to get to sit in front of all these cool? Well, you're always doing posters. Stuff. And you're doing like I'm a huge radio. Bernard King fan, and you have. I had never even seen that St. Bernard poster. I might have to swipe that one off. Yeah. We talked a lot of fast break. A few minutes on got, fast break. <laughs> had Penny Hardaway on. Talk blue chips. It was good. I'm always going to bring it back to the sports movies. Why don't you? You got to make a basketball movie. When's, when's, when are we going to get the next great basketball movie? When was the last great basketball movie? Blue Chips was great. Fish that saved, Pits- Fitz- Fish that saved Pittsburgh was great for me. Some uh, the jury's out on that one, but I will always love that one dearly. But the jury is in, and it was a classic. I don't know if Blue Chips was great, but I think we thought it was great because it had so much that we liked. White Men it. Can't Jump was great. Yeah, for me, it's one on one, fast break, Hoosiers, Fish that saved Pittsburgh. That's probably the big four. This will and then upset blue you chips. probably, but Fast Break did nothing for me. And one-on-one, oh God. I've watched it a zillion times. I don't know. I don't know. Just one-on-one. This, uh, the, all the parallels to the A-Rod situation now with the Yankees trying to give A-Rod to give back a scholarship. Can you tell us? Can you tell us what trade tidbits you're hearing? We're taping this on Friday late yes. morning All Star Weekend. Today we just reported that the Rockets and the Lakers will do their best to try to test Phoenix's resolve in terms of Dragic. I think I can't see them trading Dragic, 
But they have to think about it. If he's going to leave and they've been trying to get that answer all season, they don't have that answer. If you're going to lose Dragic, you've got to at least listen to what the trade offers are. So the Rockets will try again. The Lakers will try again. There will be other teams that try again. What do the Lakers have to offer? Well, I mean, what does anybody have? And what, what, what do you offer a guy who could walk? I mean, if you're going to trade for him, you've got to be sure you can keep him. But in a trade season where I think we all fear that maybe the best names have already moved, I'd, I'd rather read about Goran Dragic than some of the other options. Ty Lawson? Don't think, I don't think Denver's willing to move. Lawson, Nurkic, Fareed, and even Wilson Chandler. I think those are the four nuggets who are off the table. Everybody else is in play. Wilson Chandler could be had, but they want a lot. I mean, they got those two first for Mozgov, so I think they want a ton for whoever. whoever. The Mozgov trade ruined them. Yes. Now they think they're getting... They got 130 cents in the dollar for Mozgov. <laughs> they're getting two plus first for everybody. And obviously, I mean, they offered... What did they offer? Brooke Lope, or They offered JaVale McGee, J.J. Hickson, and a first for Brooke Lopez. The Nets turned that down, and, and I don't think the Nets are going to budge there. With all due respect to your reporting, which has always been spot on, I think everyone on that team's available but Nurkic. I think, they, I think Lawson is 50-50 to go in the next 10 days. And I think you get Fareed with the right offer. I think that team wants to clean house and get picks. I don't, I don't see anybody out. trading for Fareed this first year of a new deal, especially when he hasn't played nearly as well as he did for Team USA. I, I don't know about Lawson. Like, they got to keep somebody. I mean, Lawson is a good point guard on a good deal. Why, why would you trade? you got to keep something. Why would you trade? If you're Denver, why would you trade Lawson? You'd trade him if somebody made you a good offer. What would you deem a good offer? I don't know. You'd probably want a, point, a young point guard back and a pick. I would guess, right? I don't know. He's he's a he's a good point guard on reasonable money. So, but yes, I mean he's fairly paid. I think he's one of those one of those player. guys in the forties. Had some off court issues. Yeah, off court issues that true. scare people a little bit. That's true. Um, Fareed needs to change the scenery. I just want to see him on a better team. Nurkic is the only. Maybe he gets a new coach though, and maybe that's the change of scenery. There's not that many good coaches out there. Everyone's always like, well, like George Carl just got rebooted and restarted. Like, kind of felt like George was done in that last Denver year, you know? And, and at kind of the finish line. You're not of his feeling career. George and Boogie? No. <laughs> no, and I think that's, to me, that's the most interesting situation in the league. I don't, I don't think he gets traded in the next 10 days, but, um, you know, he, I think maybe he would want to change the scenery. We had him in the BS report yesterday. and He's just frustrated. He said five coaches and seven well, starting point guards. If they can come together, it can be good. I mean, yeah. George is a great coach, but you do have to look at history and say, has he ever coached a throw the ball? You know, throw the ball to the big guy in the post. That's not what we've ever seen from George Carl. So certainly the questions are going to be there. But you also have to say he's the best coach that that Boogie's ever had. So yeah, that's not saying much. Let's see. <laughs> we've, we've seen the other coaches. <laughs> let's see. Uh, how's my boy Rondo working out for your Mavs? Your boy Rondo, it has definitely been on the bumpy side, but I still think the Mavs had to do it. To me, from the start, it was a 7 out of 10. It was not a 10 out of 10. It was a 7 out of 10. You still do it. But I think what you even saw when the Mavs went to Boston and Rondo played, you know, maybe... The, at least in the first quarter, the regular season first quarter of his life and just rose to that occasion, yep. I think the Mavs are counting, the, counting on the fact that that's going to happen in the playoffs. And no matter how bumpy it is in the regular season and they're still trying to figure things out, in the playoffs, when they got to go up against God knows who, Westbrook, Tony Parker, Chris Paul, whoever it is, aren't you going to rather have Rondo there than trying to hang yes. in there with Jameer Nelson? So it was never an over-the-top move. I don't think it... I, they lost Brandon Knight and a first-round pick. I don't think that's something they can't recover from. So, to me, you still got to do it. Brandon Wright. Brand, what did I say? Brandon Knight. That would have been a terrible That would have been interesting. Brandon Wright. <laughs> Brandon so, Knight, the number one, would have been a So, they lost overcome. Brandon Wright, who, yeah, I, who Brandon was having whatever. a career season, but yeah. it's not like they can't recover from that. So Brandon Wright's a system guy. Like, he played pickup, basically, with the Celtics for two weeks, and... You know, he's pretty limited. That wasn't good for him. No, I think he is what he is. He's a screen and roll guy. And but the, the Mavs' biggest problem is it's the West. I mean, the yeah. West is a circus. Yeah. Who? What trade? I mean, Memphis got Jeff Green. It's worked out great for them. But do you, is that a change the balance of power move? Yes. 
You really think so? Yeah, because now they're crunch time five I really like. I didn't so like you're picking time. Memphis to win the West? I picked them before the trade. I said if they get Jeff Green, they're winning the West. So I feel good about that one because I'm wrong a lot. I don't want to write off Golden State. Everybody, I mean, everybody's kind of dis- dismissing I, what they're doing. I mean, if you're top two in offensive efficiency and top one in defensive efficiency when Bo gets missed all those games, I... Well, the other thing is they're going to have home court. The issue is they're going to have to play Oklahoma City in the first round. That's, that's, that's the problem. I'll take my chances against Oklahoma City if I'm Golden State. That's a tough They're going to win an series. up and down. Can you, imagine, coaching. can you imagine? What world do we live in if San Antonio is seven and OKC is eight? I think OKC gets to seven. They have a run How? coming up here. They just have a run coming up. They'll, they'll roll off 10 of 11. I think the clips fall out a little bit. I think Dallas. They're like a six. They're what a Dallas five? has no bench. You, they, they haven't had the old uh, the Dirk. You were going to you were going to you were going to say you like. I like know. You. Well, we always like I'm Boston. You're Dallas. Like, but that's where you live. That's and Dirk's your guy. Year seventeen for Dirk. I'm quite happy that he made they made the All Star game. He was on his way to vacation. Literally had left the arena. He was probably bummed out. He, right? he was on. He had left the arena on his way to vacation, and the league calls and says, "We need you in New York." I'm but surprised Zebo didn't get that call. I don't think it ultimately matters. Zebo, Conley, but you know Adam Silver says he's doing all that now based on who was next in line. So yeah. the problem is we don't have the coach votes to verify it. Yeah, but he says Kyle Korver was next in line, Boogie was next in line low over Lillard, and Dirk was third. So that's how he's doing these picks. Dirk can Dirk get to 20 years? Oh, easy. It's totally... Would he want to? I think he wants to. I can't imagine what he does without basketball. He's, nev- he's not going to be a coach. I right. could see him being a skills guy who, you know, kind of tries to keep the, the Tao of Holger going and try to pass that on to other guys. But he's not going to be an assistant coach. He's not going to be a head coach. But he and Duncan look fantastic. Why couldn't they play into their 40s? I don't think Duncan should retire either. No question. I think Duncan and Pop run it back year by year from this point on. And who I think la- when who Duncan lasts goes, longer, Pop, Pop or Duncan? No, I think they go together. I don't. I think Pop stays one, one year longer because that's going to be such a shock to their system if they both leave at the same time. Pop's got to stay one year just to... The transition year? He's the transition. But they'll have LaMarcus Aldridge at that point. It'll be or fine. Marcus All. No, Mar- they're not getting Marcus All. Marcus Hall's not leaving Memphis. They got a better chance than the Knicks. Marcus Hall's not leaving Memphis. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's leaving Memphis either. But in free agency, like the Knicks to me have zero. Ch- I think San Antonio is a stealth contender for Marcus Hall. I agree. They're like the Patriots, where like when the Patriots got Revis at a discount, he came to the Patriots because it was the Patriots, and he knows he has a chance to go thirteen and three and play in the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously he fit in with all those foreign guys, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. He's not leaving Memphis. That's the thing. The Knicks and the Lakers. Who are they going to get? Gasol's not leaving Memphis. I don't think LaMarcus Aldridge is leaving Portland. He's not. Parker's already done his extension. By the way, is it Rondo, like, and, Rondo and Greg Monroe? I mean, who, you know, is I that? I do like Greg Monroe. I've been impressed by him this year. Parker did that extension. It seemed like he took a team discount. Now it might be a fair price for what I'm watching. But that's the Spurs. What, that might be the most important thing of their whole run. How many discounts they've gotten those guys to, to 20% take. offs. Or more. Texas counts a little bit for that. Just a little Allegedly, bit. yeah, the no tax thing. Cost of living's lower. It's pretty hard to buy like a I could, $12 million I could, dollar house in I San live in Antonio. Texas. I can't afford a man cave like this. This is the dream man cave. Portable. <laughs> no poster newer than 1985. You got my man Elgin Baylor head coaching the New Orleans Jazz. Yeah, the jazz. Unbelievable. Yeah. I've never seen that. So Dirk... Because like if you go past 20, now you're kind of making history that we've never seen. Kobe, he, he does not care about that. I know he doesn't. I'm just saying we care about that, though. And it's like, could he play 23 years? Like he's, I think he turns 36 this year. He, look, he's starting to feel it. I mean, December, yeah. look at his December numbers. That's I mean, he was not happy. I mean, he shot less than 30% on threes in December. That's like... He's 18 and 7 now. Yeah, but, but still highly efficient. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest problem, going back to the Rondo thing... And I forget where I saw this point first, but I thought it was a really good one. Um, their favorite play that they run, it doesn't really work with Rondo. Yeah. The little handoff point guard, like, because then the point guard's just going to stay with Dirk, and the, they don't care if Rondo I shoots. mean, the other thing here was 
it took Monte Ellis and Chandler Parsons all this time to kind of figure out a way to play together, and now you bring Rondo into the mix. So it's tough. I mean, it, it's, I mean they got a lot of work to do, but don't worry. Nowitzki ain't going anywhere any, anytime soon. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it, it really seemed like at one point there, post Aaron Williams, post Dwight Howard, that it was like, oh, this is going to be sad to watch, Dirk, just with crummy yeah. teammates. And then they all of a sudden found Well, it helps five. when you take a $15 million pay cut like you right. did. Yeah. Yeah, but we all know he's going to be the president of Magnolia Entertainment in three years or four years. Making he's, he's $25 left a, million dollars a year. He's left a lot of money Humes on the table. makes that up for him. That'll be a reported by Lester Munson <laughs> report in seven years. <laughs> it won't be me. <laughs> uh, who do you have in the finals, though? I don't know. That's what I love. See, I hate it when you got the big teams that we know are going to be there. Like, I didn't like the 90s when the Bulls were there and everybody was shooting at them. I like it when it's the NCAA tournament. It's chaos, yeah. I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. Who is the favorite in either conference? I don't think there is one. I think the East is so much more confusing. I at least feel good about Golden State and Memphis being involved. In the East, it's like, I, mean, I don't know what to make Nobody of in the West is immune from a first-round upset. Not Memphis, not the Warriors, not mm. Nobody. I still, for some reason, still keep gravitating back to the Bulls as like a team where we haven't even seen their B game yet, much less their A game. And when they're they just so finally get everyone down. together. They're I know. So, They've never been I, healthy. I, I say Hawks, Cavs in the East Finals, but they could end up playing each other in the second round the way the seedings are. So The Hawks know. beating the Cavs would be incredible. I think you got, got a bigger, you got a bigger name on the other line. I have a bigger name. Tiny the, Archibald. I'm glad we banged this Briefly out. a Buffalo yeah. Brave. Yeah, forgot about that. Oh, all right. Even bigger name, even bigger left-hander here. Mo, back with more in All-Star Weekend after this. Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Too much fun. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at PodCenter at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.